0: Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard and welcome to another in our special editions of Radio Brews News recorded live at the recent BrewCon 19. Thanks to Bintani, we were able to take Radio Brews News to BrewCon and capture a little of what was on offer to those who were lucky enough to get to Australian Craft Brewing's annual conference and trade show. In this episode, we chat with keg stars Kevin Din and Andrew Higginbotham. There has been a lot of talk about smart kegs over the last few years, kegs that are able to report back to base about where they are, their temperature, and even whether they are full or empty. Despite all of that talk, nothing has yet hit the market. But with Kegstar announcing it is ready to roll out scan-free keg tracking, we use this opportunity to catch up with Kegstar's Chief Technology Officer and learn about what they're doing and what's possible, and what's likely in the smart keg space. While we're chatting with Kegstar, we also catch up with General Manager Andrew Higginbotham to update the chat that we had with him at Gab's earlier this year about demand for smaller kegs post 1 July. If you're in the business of moving beer, this is an interesting conversation about what's new in the keg space. Kevin Dinn, welcome to uh, Beer is a Conversation. Thanks, Matt. Matt, I I wanted to... uh, Now, you are Kegstar's head of technology, and uh, we're at the BrewCon uh, 2019, or BrewCon 19, um, as I think the official title is, and we have got the trade show. And last week, in the lead-up to uh, BrewCon, uh, Kegstar announced the smart keg rental, where you're moving away uh, from scanning uh, kegs, Mm -hmm. um, which has been a, a bit of a bane. Now... At, at Pruz News, we get a million uh, media releases uh, a year. Um, it's not a metric million, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and we, we ha- over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of focus about smart kegs um, where they phone to base, they do all of these miracle things. And whenever we've dug a little bit deeper, we haven't found that the technology is fully mature yet. So we've never really covered much about uh, smart kegs. But when Kegstar, which is... I think the the largest supplier of kegs in the country. Andrew Higginbotham is uh, nodding. Yeah. Hi, Vat,
1: How you doing? So, yeah. Uh, yes. 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 Now we are
0: going to come to you and sort of talk a little bit about, to get an update after our our gabs chat. But uh, um, so I, I really wanted to have a bit of a chat about where where keg. Um, Technology is at and it's maturing because you have just announced that you are going to start uh, transitioning to non scanning of kegs. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess when I got your media release, the very first thing I noticed was that I didn't know that Kegstar had a head of technology. Yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit about how long you've been with Kegstar and how that role has evolved.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, basically, Kegstar is both a keg rental and technology company. Um, I've my background. I've I've got a degree in, in software. I've run, I've I've been in the industry for decades. I've I've run high tech startups. I, I founded the Internet Industry Association. Um, I was CTO of Telstra Media for a couple of years. So um, I'm really I'm I'm not a beer person. I'm not a keg person. I'm a tech person. And uh, we have a team of, of eight technology focused people in kegstar so so we are technology is at least as big a, um, focus as kegs uh, which is great I mean it's, and it's the best tech freaking job in the world (laughs) i mean it's a great great bunch great company and and uh, you get to go to beer beer conferences and breweries all the time so uh yeah and
0: i do have to preface this chat a little bit by saying that you know on one hand kegs may not seem the sexiest part of the you know everyone wants to talk about hops and sour and Mm. you know pastry shouts as pete and i like to say but they are fundamental to brewing operations and a lot of our listeners in fact most of our listeners are industry listeners yeah. um, or people looking at getting into the brewing industry or people looking um, at learning from the experience of others and one of the things that i've noticed over you know the, the, the 15 18 years that i've been covering the industry is brewers hate owning kegs because they're expensive yeah. um they're hard to track um You know, you you send out a. It's great you've made a sale. You've sent six kegs off to a uh, a pub. They pour them through, but then you've got to get those kegs back. Um, you need to track them, you know, because one yeah. of them, you know, they, they just leave them out the back. And it it, it seems to be one of the uh, very hard nuts to crack for brewers is getting kegs out, getting kegs back, getting kegs across the country, um, but then. Yeah. Tracking all of this, and yep. it kegstar seemed to be one of those no brainers when you started because you were taking a lot of that on,
2: yeah, and also, as with all industries, I mean the brewers just want to focus on making great beer, don't want to be focusing on sitting at a desk on a phone, ringing bars, and saying, "Hey have you got are my kegs empty yet, and that sort of thing and that's a hidden cost, oh yeah, of the brewing business, yeah as well as the time that takes um it's also you know the lost kegs and the damaged kegs, and also um, to a certain extent, you know, not knowing how well the beer and the keg's been treated and that sort of thing. So, I mean, obviously the keg star, you know, keg rental model is a, is a huge sort of, um, you know, solution to that, especially for, you know, it really reduces the barrier to entry to a new uh, craft brewer. Uh, so, yeah, but but that, regardless of this amazing new technology to track things, I mean, basically, as you know, with with a... Kegstar, keg rental um the person the brewer can just get the kegs fill them ship them to the ship them to the venues or the distributors and just forget them just, they don't have to worry about collecting them mm. so that so that's you know then they can go back to making good beer
0: okay i'm gonna now this is going to come right out of left field the uh big brewers line and cb they've got keg fleets of i'd, I'd imagine you know twenty, thirty thousand. are we do, do we have any rough numbers? Plus, um, plus, plus. Okay, so so they've got uh, tens of thousands zeros. of yeah. Hey, okay, hundred,
1: <laughs> probably more like hundreds of thousands. Okay, hundreds of thousands. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, they haven't seen. I, I I don't see any tracking on their um, on their stuff. So either they're willing to lose a lot just as the cost of doing business, or they don't see the value in tracking these things. Or is that an untapped market for you guys? Did, have, have you looked into? Why they take the approach that
2: they do? Uh, There's well, for starters, there's a lot of people in the beer industry that don't have a good, you know, highly skilled technology team. Um, They we have, you know, on occasion we get approached by people like that saying, "Can we use your technology on our kegs?" But that's not what that's not the business we're in. So uh, that's.
1: We've, look, uh, Matt, over the years we've had various discussions with the large brewers. Um, they've obviously got a normal uh, fleet as it is today and their route to market is slightly different too to a lot of the craft uh, or indie um, beer community as well. So they obviously they have their trucks that go out to specific venues and those trucks also collect kegs as well. Yeah. And so they have a little bit of a tighter control on that. Um, but that said, absolutely high on their agenda is the cost of doing business as it relates to kegs yep. and the unknown costs that you just touched on, which relates to, well, how many do I actually have in my fleet? <laughs> how many have I lost? <laughs> how many are coming in next week? Um, and in 4 weeks time when we start to hit the key selling periods um, am i going to have enough kegs uh, for that period of time
0: and, and, and i guess i mean how much does a keg cost like a brand new keg 280 300 bucks it's
2: uh, 100
0: bucks us is it 100 bucks us sort of? yeah so yeah, that varies depending on Australian these days Yeah, (laughs) it's like 300 (laughs) a depending on the spec and um, we've
1: uh, we've ensured from day dot that we um, purchase the highest quality keg that's available um, today on the market and so
0: and fit them with the right and highest quality spears but losing 10 kegs a month adds up for for a craft brewer much more than uh,
1: Mm.
0: absolutely absolutely so it's what you touched on what
1: Kev touched on the cost of actually managing a keg fleet uh, the cost of doing business, not just the financial outlay up front, but the ongoing costs that's associated with it, is enormously high. Which is where uh, which is where our model fits in, um, and that's why it's quite exciting actually to uh, to share with you today on the back of last week's announcement um, a little bit about our next step uh, in the technology sphere, particularly given that you know when Kegstar formed uh, actually. The bulk of kegs or kegs i think it was at the time had no tracking technology whatsoever and uh and kev will happily take you through that in a bit more detail
0: Yeah, so, so let, let, let's talk about the evolution of of tracking because mm. initially they, they had a a barcode you could download it to your iphone which again is a a, a bit of a revolution mm. you, you you scan it at each point of of the thing um you know, of, of of its journey um but what happens if somebody doesn't scan it you know if, if a publican doesn't scan it on on, on the way in or the
2: yeah well there's um i mean the, as we've just been discussing the very basic way of tracking your keg fleet is counting them out and counting them back in and that's the that's also the i mean that's what most people do, and that's probably the the highest loss rate of you know any it's like seven or eight percent um with um, Kegstar, we introduced uh, the ability to sort of identify a keg either by that's barcode using the app or with the RFID gun. Um, so then you can um, scan and dispatch the keg from here to here. And um, within the sort of life cycle of a keg through the producer to the distributor to the venue, there's certain key, key spots where we absolutely have to know that so that's happened. So like from the warehouse to the brewery is always scanned and uh, and some from the from the brewery to say a distributor or a venue is always scanned because that sort of starts and stops the the, the billing and that sort of thing. So, um, but it's always a manual process. Like someone has to sort of um, you know do the scanning and 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 you know enter the details of where it's going and that sort of thing.
0: And, and I'd imagine with wholesalers, it relies on them to just play ball because again, I've, I've done a lot of events yeah. where kegs have been delivered, and the Kegstar kegs start um, kegs. But no, they're not scanning. The wholesaler delivery guy is not scanning them. I'm not scanning them, so they're disappearing into a black hole. Um, As good as that technology is, there are obviously still um, gaps um, or chasms.
2: Yeah, and there's always going to be gaps. There's there's like human error and system error, and uh, uh, so like. um, But for sort of like you know eighty-five to ninety percent of the time, it's all fine. Someone gets the scan, and we we know where the keg's gone. But for the other, for the rest of it, it's like um, you know, someone can scan a bunch of kegs and say it's going here, and the van just drives there instead, <laughs> you know. And and so there's like human error, and there's like system error, where you know, the, like the the signal doesn't get in before, you know. Like the, anyway, the, yep. I don't want to get into that. I oh, no, not know. Yeah. So and and so that's the whole point. And and we've had and our systems have been designed to be very good at handling these anomalies. So. Um, sort of somehow, you know, in, to a certain extent, we automatically sort of um, can work out what happened and and deal with it. Like if, if you know, the, they said it was this location, but it turns out it was that location, we can just adjust the whole system to sort of compensate. Um, and also, you know, our, we have a fair number of staff in each market that whose job is to sort of just sort of uh, track down what happened and sort it out. But that's, that's the big motivation behind this next generation of uh, scan free. Uh, and that's device. what I was going to ask.
0: So, so even that system for the sort of flaws that could be found in it yeah. if, if people didn't participate was a, a big step forward to what went before. Yeah. What's the, 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 the next iteration or what's the next step?
2: Well, it's simply a matter of putting a device on the keg, which is constantly transmitting back to us the location and other information about the keg. Um, to our systems such that, I mean, we achieve sort of three things. One is we remove the manual uh, effort uh, on everyone's part. We remove the we, we make it much more accurate because we're removing the sort of the human error and, and system error to a large extent, and we just get a lot more information, a lot more insights, a lot more details and, and sort of more granular details, which we can use to sort of feed back to the, um, our customers as, as just like a value add to it all
0: and how does that technology work is is this part of 5g that we hear so much about that it's uh, 5g yeah. okay well, it is
2: well n- n- i mean 5g internet of things uh, low power wide area network. buzzword here. yeah <laughs> there's a lot of buzzwords and there's and they're all a bit sort of um, furry on the sides as to sort of what what the actual technology is yep. but it, but it is in that category of, of so we have a device which uh we ha we went through this evolution went through this testing we we had a prototype last year uh with um so a, you've just handed something that's a, it, it's a it's a it's a plastic box that's
0: about the size of um a cigarette packet I don't know. it's been a long time since I've smoked so maybe. I don't know <laughs> two no. packs of cards maybe two two packs of cards yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. so two packs of cards back on back yep okay yeah. Now again, I can sort of see that because you, you do see some technologies that are sort of sitting there, and I can just sort of see that being knocked off. Or oh yeah, you know.
2: So that's too big. I mean, we needed. There's all sorts of criteria we need. We have to have a five year, at least five year battery. We have. To, it has to be resistant to um, the caustic and and the heat and of cleaning, even even you know high pressure jets. Um, has to uh, be able to report back in building. Um, you know, get get through sort of you know a warehouse's walls and that sort of thing. Have good connect to a network that is has good coverage.
0: That was the the, the other issue because I remember hearing you know two or three years ago when these things were first starting to come out. You know, you put the keg into the cool room, yeah, and it was going to report back on the temperature and those sorts of things. But when it's in the cool room, it's not <laughs> it, it it's not so you go well. This is actually when I need that information, yeah. but I'm not getting it because it's in a cool room.
2: Well, that's the cool thing about our device is that it's a hybrid. Um, there's wide area. Here's some, here's, I'll, I'll educate you on a little, a couple of little buzzwords. But WAN, a wide area network, yep. which is basically a mobile network. Yep. Range range of sort of two kilometers, ten kilometers, fifteen. Anyway, it's the Telstra's and and Vodafone's run WANs, and that's what your fo- mobile phone talks to. And then there's a personal area network, a PAN, which is what Bluetooth is. And, okay. and that is a much more localized, hundred meter range. Um, They've both have got their pros and cons as far as tracking goes. Like the WAN, you can put it on a it, – it, it doesn't matter where you go, you'll get at least an, a knowledge of what building the keg's in. Mm. But with Bluetooth, we can get in-building location and also lo- get um, get information in areas where uh, the signal from the WAN has failed, like in a cauldron. Mm-hmm. So we've got both of those technologies in this device. I- it, it,
0: it, I'm trying to work out. I can't get my any of my devices to last, you know, more than four or five hours without the battery running out. How do yeah. you get a five year battery life into something like that?
2: Well, this is the LP part of LP WAN, which is low power. So these these mobile networks, then it's not. It's not. Can we're we just not, call it long play? Because <laughs> it means the yes. same. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a version of the mobile net phone network that is specially designed to use. Um, low battery, um, sort of low data rates, and, and very low cost. Um, so it's just designed for Internet of Things, for things to talk to the Internet as opposed to... But I wouldn't imagine
0: there's really too much data. Like, Yeah, it, I know. It's not. It's, I'm here. Yeah. Here's the temperature, if if, if there's something there that's sort of pinging. Um,
2: yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, your, your mobile phone these days need, needs megabits, you know, millions of, of characters a second, to watch a YouTube video or something like that, we have um, a need for maybe tens of characters every hour just to sort of just to sort of update us with the location and the temperature and that sort of thing. So it's a vastly different um, use usage, and you know, and, and these networks like meter readers, like a, a classic sort of you know your water meter in your house, can use the Internet of Things to just report every month how many. You know, mega you've just had, and it's mm-hmm. just like tiny amounts of data. So that's what we, so that's what we use for that. And and with this, we have like a custom moulded, built battery in here that just lasts. They say it's going to last eight years. We we had a minimum criteria of five, and we'd be happy with five, but we also be very happy with eight.
0: Now, in in, so is this just going to be retrofitted to your existing fleet, or yeah. is there a? And, and what are the cost implications for brewers? Are, is is it going to see increased cost of uh, hiring um, for for the uh, for the kegs, or is the just the efficiencies going to cover the cost? Yeah, yeah oh, that, that's Okay.
1: Yeah, no, um, it's a good question. So, um, as we mentioned from November onwards, we're starting the retrofit of our fleet. Yep. Um, obviously, it's not an overnight exercise. <laughs> um, and so we'll be working through that um, over the course, starting from November and then continuing thereafter in terms of our fleet here. Any new kegs that are obviously coming to the market, we'll make sure that they're fitted directly to them uh, as part of it. And then we'll continue that rollout across the world and across the other markets in which we operate.
0: And, and, and what's the... Uh, for, for a brewer, can they sort of go, oh, I sent this keg out, oh, it's sitting in the cool room at this pub or, gee, it's, it's uh, sitting at the back of the pub. What's the level of granularity of the data yeah. that
2: brewers will be able to access? Yeah, it's technologically, technically, yeah, there's access to all of that information. Um, who who, we, who gets the information when is, is, is a sort of a, a down to a, a sort of a analysis design of the product?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you get that data today, mate. You okay. know, when scanned, our kegs at venue, you have that, and and all our um, partners out there can log on to their portal, yep. and see where their kegs are and what venues they're sitting at as part of it. But so that's long- not
0: quite real time, because again, we've, we've right. identified this. But with this new data, with this constant Internet of Things, mm. um people will be able to have a much more accurate idea of it's at the front door of the brewery, so it's full, or it's at the back door of the brewery, so it's you know it's, it's empty waiting to be collected. Um, one one of the promises that brewers have been given by some of the technologies have been talked about is that you know you know that the keg is halfway full, so it's time to get on the phone to them and so say, hey, that keg's selling really, really well. Um, is there that level of granularity about the data, or is that still...
2: No, we looked at uh, we looked at devices to sort of monitor, sort of like um, you know, as it's tapped. It's just prohibitive. I mean, they virtually don't exist. I mean, there's there's devices where you have to sort of drill a hole in the dome and, and shove something down. It's just ridiculous. Um, but but really, it's a matter of I mean, if they if we know when they're full and we know when they're empty, that's enough. Yep. So I mean, they they can deliver say five of a certain product to to a. Venue. Yep. And if if we can tell them, oh, three three of them are empty now, so you might want to think about you know. Ringing. And how
0: will they tell it's empty because it's been moved?
2: There's various ways. One is uh, the temperature. Um, okay. So. oh because it's sitting at the back in yeah. at thirty degrees or yeah. twenty eight degrees, right? Yeah. And also we have an accelerometer. They can they can turn it upside down on on out the back, and we can tell that it's upside down. And, oh wow! And things like that. So it's a it's a grand new world. It's like the you know kegs kegs the next generation. This is going to be, you know, a game changer.
0: That's actually that that's quite interesting because I know that you know uh, if we put a keg like stone and wood on um, at the exhibition, we'll turn it upside down just before we put it on just, just to make sure that the, the, the yeast is agitated. Is that going to give brewers that level of data? You know, so so if, if a keg is cold um, and it's upside down, that that pub is putting some good. Um, Procedures in
2: place to to look after the beer yeah uh, yeah um uh, but it's mostly sort of long term turned upside down at ambient temperature, yeah, yeah. we think it's empty, okay, but we also you know we can we can detect the fact that it's being cleaned steam cleaned because because it suddenly goes hotter than uh you know what you'd expect okay. Yeah, and or it's been thing. turned into a barbecue.
1: I think, uh, Matt, to summarise it, um, the big step forward is m- taking out that human intervention yep. you know, and moving to scan-free. We know we're going to have a whole new world of data sets that comes out of this. Um, we have already practically thought through where some of these data sets will be relevant and how they could be used. But there's also things that we haven't even anticipated as well along the way. Yeah. And I think that's the brilliant thing about having, you know, Kev plus his team in-house is that you can wake up each week and go, well, we could perhaps get this data set and we could look at it this way and it could add this benefit or value um, back to uh, back to the community to help them drive their business more efficiently or help them That's what I'm going to say because this
0: is proprietary technology that you've developed. It's not off the shelf that you've bought, so you yeah. can actually – I presume recode like if somebody comes to you and says, "Oh look, we can see this little bit of data. Can you provide this? Then you can actually work with your partners." Oh yeah,
2: yeah. We're in, yeah, all of the we're engineering this from this specifically for us. Yep. Um, all of the code that's behind it is is written by us. It's all sort of Kegstar IP.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. So are we going to see it roll out
0: um, beyond? Like, is it technology for sale or is this just the kegstar advantage for want of a better term
1: It's a great question you know even looking at this from a business case point of view that's one of the things that's been raised over time but for us it's it's part of the kegstar offering Yep okay there's no plans in the immediate future for it to be our licensed technology that we roll out across of it this is part of the yeah kegstar offering
0: I'm um, just sort of uh, reading the the media release to catch up on some of this now manually scanned. So yes, yeah, so it's manually scanned. So there is just no added technology. So it's set and forget, for want of a better word. Once the technology's on, it just integrates yeah. into the Kegstar. If you've got the Kegstar app um, on the phone, you can access this information and it's just a very, very low intervention.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they just they just get the kegs, fill the kegs, put them on trucks, ship them away. They don't need to – There's there's only some intervention like you might have to – Get on the t- the keg star app to tell it tell us what product you're putting in the beer, mm-hmm. but that's about it.
0: Okay, well, what would that do?
2: Uh, it just means that you know that there's three kegs of that product at that venue. Oh, and, okay, yeah. Ah, oh, right. And okay. batch. So and, and batch. And yeah, so then yeah, you, okay. then if you had to recall an entire batch, we could know every where every one of those kegs of that batch is.
0: Okay. And is there the ability, I'm just trying to think, because we do a little bit of work with um, Unleashed Software that do inventory management and, and those sorts of things. Is there the ability to integrate? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I've got no ideas. So, so is there any ability to, to work with software providers or you know like zero or um, any of the accounting or financial providers to sort of integrate this stuff? So if you know you've got three kegs of you know, pale ale at this
2: venue, um, that that's yeah that's absolutely our plan uh, I mean we've we've done that to a certain extent I mean we're currently rewriting the entire system to cater to the new system new technology um, then we're going to enhance it um, with all the a lot of new ideas that we've been coming up with so that, that's that's the process to the end of the year but um, we're also integrating brewery management systems warehouse management systems all of the sort of top ones uh, are on our list and we're talking to them. So that things like you know that product business, if if they go into their brewery management system and talk about the product and the kegs and the next you know for the next hour, or any keg that we're filling is this product, then that's enough. That that's then that system can talk to our system and wow. just know. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it just sounds like a, a
2: very very exciting. Uh, yeah. It's in, a fun. It's a brewers. fun technology challenge, uh, which you know, and, and there's so much more to it. You know, there's machine learning and artificial intelligence that I, I'm looking forward to sort of overlay with all of this information. And I guess that's the other thing, that if you're getting that level of data, then yeah. that's just going to um, feed
0: back into providing better services anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: So, um, well, that, that's um, the, the, the new smart kegs or the, the, the smarter kegs. Can um, I
2: just, just clarify one thing? Because yeah. when we're talking about two of cards. Oh, two packs of cards. That was the prototype so from that was last the prototype. year. So, so, the so new this, one. yeah, th- this is a much smaller. This is the device without that we we still wait getting it moulded to match the curve of the keg. Yeah, yeah. But so, it's more like sort of one pack of cards, <laughs> maybe um, less. Yeah, I was.
0: Yeah, I was, I, it's probably even half the size of a pack of cards, or two thirds of a pack of yeah. cards, and then you know one pack deep. So yeah, it's really much So it'll sit well within the the, yeah. the, the, the rim of the the, the keg and conform to the keg shape. Well, that's a well. There, there you go. So now the other thing, Andrew, I wanted to just very quick, uh, quickly catch up at our uh, GABS um, catch up in the lead up to one July. So that was back in May. Mm. Um, one July was the export changes. Um, so the, the excise plan. changes yep. um, that we're going to see uh, kegs smaller than fifty uh, liters um, come in, and at that stage. Everything was in the, it was reading tea leaves as to what the demand would be, whether it was going to be, I think you used at the time, incremental increase in sales, maybe cafes or specialty beers. What's been the first three months uh, um, experience in terms of breweries wanting smaller kegs?
1: Look, Matt, uh, in short, overall, it's been quite positive, actually. Um, So if I think of our shipments of kegs coming in and going out the door, um, our first batch went out the door. Um, before it even arrived, okay. uh, so the the demand leading into it uh, meant that the first arrival of that um, container and uh, kegs was out before it actually got off the dock. So, so I guess the question is, did you have enough kegs, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the 1st of July? <laughs> no. By the end of July, we had our second arrival. Yep. Um, And so that's been pushing out quite nicely. We've got a third arrival that's just landed this week, um, and we've got another one coming uh, overall. So as we talked at the time, it was a bit of a guess uh, for us in terms of forecasting and understanding what the demand is. But then knowing
0: um, whether it was a 20 or a 30-liter keg, so the, so the 20s are more the corny keg though those taller narrower ones
1: yeah that's right we call them 20 litre slimline kegs yep. so they're about the same height as a 50 litre keg give or take um but they're just slim line, so they fit well under counter yep they fit well in sort of um fridges uh and in terms from a handling point of view it makes it super easy for the bar staff and venue staff yep. to move kegs around
0: which After is it, the 30 litre keg is more the diameter slightly thicker wider than the traditional 50 and squatter
1: That's right, yeah. They sometimes refer to them as stumpies Stumpies, or little squat uh, squat kegs um, as part of it. Yeah, and the short of it is that their diameter, as you touched on, is the same as a... 50-litre keg, um, but they're just shorter in height. Yep. So a couple of different offerings there, 20s and 30s. And um, what are
0: people going for? Are they going for – or is a, there a mix?
1: It's a combo of both, actually, at the moment. I was having a look at some of the numbers. We had a couple of thousands gone out the door, um, and it's been about a 50-50 split today. date. Um, I think that's probably because we had uh, uh, less um, – 20 litre kegs, the appetite still seems to be there for the okay. 20 litre kegs overall, um, particularly the slimline format. Um, and so uh, that's, overall, it's been very positive. Um, I mean, uh, some of the direct feedback, you know, this is literally from horse's mouth. Um, we've had one customer um, after the initial trial, they expected to be about 25% of their total mix going forward. Wow. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And that was much higher than any of the estimates that we had going into 1 July.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The estimates were sort of around 5 to 10%, give or take, um, yeah. uh, but time will tell. And, and look, it's still early days. So, you know, um, but their indication at this stage is that they find it extremely useful and extremely beneficial across the board. One of our um, larger and longer term partners, they're releasing their next um, limited release in 20 litres um, and so part of the benefit that they see for that is actually it can hit more distribution points with that limited release so yep. where before they were filling with uh, 50 litre kegs they're now filling with 20 litre kegs so technically they two can and a half
0: more venues potentially s- spot on yep.
1: yeah absolutely so you can increase the reach increase the distribution of what that limited release is and bring in a bit more uh Uh, reaching a few more customers and venues getting that in um, consumers uh, side of things
0: because that was one of the things we were talking about you expected that you know maybe some of the bigger beers that um, probably don't pull through as much you can sell them in a smaller format so that's being pulled through more quickly and then the other one was maybe cafes that weren't um, is there any feedback about who's picking up the smaller kegs
1: Absolutely. So that was going to be my next one. One direct piece of feedback has been that they opened up a new distribution point in a cafe. Okay. As a result of it. And okay. So again, these elements that we thought um, at the time were great advantages of those small format kids are starting to come to life. Um, and probably the last one, um, and particularly uh, relevant at this time of year, is um, uh, the impact for festivals um, coming into summer, uh, concerts, outdoor um, events, and yep. the ease of uh, all those portable bars and, and handling kegs. And Well, that's a big part of that. what I do.
0: Like, in a you know, 50-litre keg, you need to know that you're going to sell 117 schooners, yep. Um before you open the next one, um, yeah. and so if it's getting to the end of the day, you either put the out of sale, you know, f- sold, or you could tap a twenty litre keg, and there's, you know, what thirty schooners you need to sell.
1: Yeah, spot on, that. And but I know do know that your guns are your guns because you keep lifting those fifty litre kegs, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> no. Hey, actually,
0: have have you seen just in your um, market surveillance um, any appetite from the big brewers to put beer in smaller kegs um or are they just sticking to fi- the, the the 50s
1: yeah we do a little bit um over in new zealand um in smaller format kegs with um uh, one of the bigger brewers uh and that's mainly for their export business um coming across here to australia and it's more a customer specific it's a group specific um uh deal that they did at the time um but certainly look i think um, if we think about the indie community and think about where it's relevant, I think those key drivers about being opening up more distribution points that previously weren't available because of space yep. um, behind bars, uh, actually being appropriate for um, specialty and uh, releases across the board. Um, awards is something we haven't, haven't got to yet, um, but that's certainly high on the radar. Yeah, of course, content. award
0: entries—if you only have to send you know twenty liters instead of fifty.
1: Yeah, spot on. Um, and so um, that one will, you know, that will become relevant um, at, the, at the certain times. And, and then overall, actually, some of those high ABV um, type products um, coming to market and being able to be at a price point for venues um, that isn't off the charts and makes them bring it on and get good related sale and move it off.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, Kevin and Andrew, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this uh, chat about smart kegs, small kegs. Uh, so, thanks, Matt. Well, which I think I've just come up with an uh, with an episode title. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so and look 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 forward to uh, keeping in touch and so seeing what the uh, you know, how it rolls out. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Thanks. It's been great. We'll keep you posted.
1: Cheers, Matt.
0: And that was Kevin Din and Andrew Higginbotham. Our coverage of BrewCon 19 was made possible by Bintani, who are not only providing brewers with the finest ingredients, they gave us the opportunity to bring you the finest guests live. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brewers News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au.